This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. All right, Nick, it's been um, it's been two weeks since we last talked. I think two weeks, um, one and a half maybe. But I have a story for you. Um, Ooh, I like stories. <laughs> it's a pretty extreme story. Um, I've been waiting all week to tell, or just a day to tell you this. Um, or just, just to share it on the podcast. But before that, do you have anything you want to talk about, Nick? That, that's not even fair to say, Bob. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to fill you with anticipation, with longing, with desire. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, cliffhanger, procrastination. No, Bob, you go ahead, my friend. Yes. All right. So, yesterday, my house was on fire. What? <laughs> All right. So, Bob, Bob, did, did, did you forget how to use a toaster? <laughs> yes. So, yesterday was a very intense, was a very intense day. Um, I, I don't know this stuff. So, so yesterday, basically in the morning, I was teaching a kid for, for a VIP kid class. So VIP kid class. I was teaching a kid um, English over Skype. And then all of a sudden, I hear my mom yelling that there's that she needs my help. And I step outside of my room, and there's smoke everywhere, and there's a fire. <laughs> and basically, we, we evacuated, called, called 911, and they came and, like, fix the house pretty much from the fire. Um, but the extreme part is um, wait, 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 after... Wait, wait, is everybody okay, first of all? Yes, everybody's okay. Good. Um, good. So everybody's okay. Um, everything's fixed within 24 hours, so that was good. Um, but so the fire people came, um, all that, they, they like broke a wall just to to see if the gas pipes were, were closed so nothing exploded. Um, so, so basically the story was um, in the morning my mom was cooking something. She turned on the oven without realizing that she turned on the oven. So she was trying to like adjust the clock uh, just oh, to prepare man. for daylight savings, but instead she turned on the oven. And then she went to the bathroom for 40 minutes. And inside her oven, we never we usually never open our oven. We ever, never like turn on the oven. So my mom like stores things in the oven. Um, like, like, of, like what, Bob? Like flammable items. So like, like herbs, uh, <laughs> things that will just completely go up in flames. Um, so after like 30 minutes, she came out of the bathroom. She like smelled smoke in the bathroom, but she didn't know there was smoke. Or, or like she didn't know something was burning. She was just in the bathroom. She was like reading an article or something. And all of a sudden she came out. Reading an article about her flammable herbs. <laughs> that's pretty much I think that's what happened so she came out there was um, just a, the entire stove was on fire um, um, and, and we all panicked but um, the fire people came saved the day um, but it was, it was interesting and I, I didn't know this happened but after a fire happens um, people that are part of like restoration companies come and like four or five people from different companies came and they tried to like get you to, to to sign some papers so they can submit claims to the insurance companies. 
at the same time, I didn't know that that happened, but they were here for like three or four hours after the incident. Um, but we didn't decide to do any of that with them. But, and then I went to my clinicals, or I went to my clinical, and that was my day yesterday. This all happened yesterday. Um, so that's, uh, that's my story. Now, now the lesson, there's no lesson. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to, to let you know, um, what's been happening in my life. Now, so back you, to you, Nick. Bob, here's the real thing. I think the, uh, the student that you were teaching at the time, how old were they? Um, there were seven. So okay. I actually, I had to like run outside and tell them, I had to tell them that there was a fire and then I ran outside and they just sat there in shock. Uh, I, I was going to say, you're, you're going to get a bad review from their parents, not because of what happened, but because of what they think happened. And you're doing such a bad job teaching this child English that they thought their translation was, oh my gosh, I'm on fire. <laughs> actually, when, when, when actually that's exactly what happened. Yes. Well, actually, the funny thing is today they gave me a review and they gave me a five-star Apple review or a five-star review um, saying, don't worry, you're okay. I hope you're okay. So that was also <laughs> great. So everything worked out. And then um, yesterday, the day of the fire, um, we, we got a new stove and got it constructed and everything's back to normal. So 24 hours <laughs> has been a whirlwind of adventure. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't have any stories like that, Bob. Well, I mean, it's been has, – has your residency started? If we – let's has, go back it, to on subject. Yes, so the, the residency has started, and uh, very fortunately that has not gone up in flames. Okay, perfect. How, how has the – is this the first week or the second week? Yep, so we're uh, in the middle of the second week right now. Um, it, it's going really well, Bob. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for much of a – better opportunity being surrounded by so many great people. So um, we had the first class this past weekend, just on Saturday, with all the residents um, and the fellows from Kaiser Permanente for Southern California. And we've got a group of just about, uh, just under 30 residents for all for in-house training throughout all the locations, and right about uh, 15 or so fellows, um, or maybe maybe about 13 fellows. And it's pretty incredible. At my specific location, um, just the caliber of people that were around. I'm one of five residents that are there. Um, we have reports fellows, two persistent pain fellows. Um, all the directors of the program are at our location, and then all the mentors of the fellows and residents are at location, too. So it's a absolutely um, incredible team dynamic, and just the culture of learning that goes all around it is amazing. Well. Wow. That, that sounds awesome. That sounds like an amazing opportunity that it sounds like you made the right choice. Um, yeah. I mean, either, yeah. either choice, whatever choice you made, it sounds like this is one of the better choices or, or more optimal choices that you made. Because um, I remember a few podcasts episodes ago, I, I was listening to podcast episodes that, as I was posting them. Um, you talked about what do you do when there's two good decisions um, and, and we had a chat about that over the podcast, but now that you've actually made that decision and you're in the residency program, you see, you see, um, like you're, you're in a great position. Do you have like a, a different answer or a different perspective on that, on that answer or that question? So what happens is you have two good choices and both of them, whatever you choose, they're going to be good choices. 
I say go to the one that makes you uncomfortable. And exactly. for, for some people, that's counterintuitive. For some people, that's weird. For some people, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but in my moment, that was my decision-making process when I was in the zone with that. It was which one makes me feel more uncomfortable, which one makes me feel a little bit less certain. Not in terms of the ethical situation or anything like that, but what that allowed me to do is to translate it in my brain, translate it to really, because what that meant about making me more uncomfortable is which of these opportunities is going to offer just a little bit more growth for myself. Okay. And was that mostly part of the, the location-wise as well? That's a good That's a good question, Bob. Um, it's honestly hard to separate that because with the close proximity of the other um, opportunity at the time to me, it was both uh, proximity of location, proximity of being involved in that healthcare system before. Um, so I think it was location, not so much in terms of is it 100 miles away or 500 or 2,000 miles away, but much more the standpoint of, okay, hey, this is something that's far outside of the community that I'm used to being a part of. And that that was an, a part of that uncomfortability that made you choose that decision. Also, I was listening to – I'm sorry, keep on going. No, go ahead, Bob, please. Well, also, I was listening to another podcast, um, the Pursuit of Happiness podcast, which was recently posted, <laughs> um, Nick Davis edition. So, so basically, when you went to the residency for an interview um, and you lost your bag, this is this was the same residency that you went to interview for, right? Correct, the same one, Bob. So it, was that also part of so, – so that hardship and you jumping over that hurdle, um, you telling that story during the interview, um, or, or just talking about it in general, was that also part of that uncomfortability or, or not so much? It, it was not so much in the sense that, like, hey, I got to go here because I lost all my stuff. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. No, not because of that. But it was in the sense of, hey, I got a chance to – be an opportunity again that I was very uncomfortable and it's I thought I was you know somewhat prepared still nervous and everything all of a sudden all my crap was missing I'm like all right I got to improvise got to think on my feet so I'm a little bit more uneasy and then when I'm there it's still you know very high standards and a lot of um a lot of challenges when I'm there to rise to the occasion but the caliber of the people around me the team environment there just the, the genuineness of the family I'm entering into um with such high standards and very caliber of winning and just um, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible vibe, and I got the the perspective of this is such a special people in such a good whole way, and I want to be a part of that. And that changed my perspective. And then after that, um, hanging out with one of my friends, going up to some of the mountains around north of Los Angeles, it kind of helped, you know, turn me back on to as much hesitancy for the, the city of LA itself, because at that point, I was kind of more and more convinced for the residency and excited for that, but I was less convinced about the environment I was going to be a part of. Wow. Okay. So that added to that piece of uncertainty, um, but but him exposing or him or her exposing you to that culture also helped a lot. It did. It did, and it kind of gave me the chance to at least open my eyes and make that decision for myself. But it it certainly did help at that time. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. I'm glad that you you at least. You feel like you made the right decision, especially with um, you working at Evolution. Um, it's Evolution, right, or Evolve? Yeah, Evolution, yep. They work Evolution. Um, and with this kinds of program, that seems like it's a right fit. Um, and, and especially location-wise, it's also a new location. Um, but I'm glad that, that it's all working out. So in the beginning of that story, you mentioned – you said you had a story, 
and then you put a cliffhanger of procrastination. Do you want to elaborate or do you want to talk more? No, no, no. That's just me teasing you, Bob. I was I was completely metaphorically teasing you because, you know, you were saying that, um, hey, Nick, I've had a really cool story. I'm pumped up for this. Well, by the way, do you have anything to share? I was more teasing you for kind of putting that back on me. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, you got my story. I don't know if there was a lesson. Now, one one of the lessons that – actually, there was kind of a lesson that I took away from my house almost burning down um, was that in stressful situations, I would say it's very easy to just make illogical decisions and, like, either, I guess, for example, stay in the smoke and, like, try to, like, open all the windows and, like, take your stuff out or um, – sign a piece of contract before you get all the details. Um, but one thing that I felt that I did really well, especially during this fire, was, was really take a step back and like figure out what I needed to do um, to make the most efficient from this hazard or this accident. Um, so what I mean by that for specifically an example, I, I, I told you about how like the insurance people came like like four or five different people from different companies came from liability insurance companies that wanted to submit claims to our insurance companies so they could get um, money if they helped us with cleaning the property and restoring the, the things that were damaged. Um, they were all like aggressive salesmen that were there for like two or three hours. We told them to leave. They didn't leave. They would just sit outside in their car and then they would come back. Um, but I – and I was mainly the person, the point of contact since my mom was still freaking out and she was mainly, she didn't speak that much English. So she didn't really know um, like how to translate. So I kept a level head, even though it was extremely like, I guess an emergency situation, um, literally. So I guess that that's, that's the takeaway that I got. So and in this, in a state of meditation or where there's a lot of emotion, just take a step back, take a deep breath and, and make at least the most logical decision you can. So that's where I'm at. I'm about it, Bob. Yeah. So last two weeks ago, we talked about, um, so I had a sciatica-free cheat sheet that I made, and then my goal two weeks ago was to put that on um, my website, so my mom's website. So... Um, I got that done. It's on the website. Um, I don't know if you're able to, to look at it, but if not, it's okay. But it's on the, web, uh, the website. You can. It's on the front page. So when when somebody lands on the front page, immediately they see um, what we do. So we help people with sciatica and low back pain get back to do, doing the things they love naturally. Um, and then at the bottom it says how um, we can help you with two actionable steps. And then it says um, – you can download it here, and which it goes to email landing page, and people for them to opt in, and they get it. Obviously, uh, right. they get it immediately from. Hey, hey, hey Bob, what? You come to the website again, so I can put that in right now. Yes. So, uh, queensacu.com. Gotcha. Uh, let's see what this little interweb does. All right. We help people with sciatica and low back pain, and back to doing things they love naturally. Love it. So, and then, so, so the new thing, well, pretty much the new thing that I added, which well, this was all here before, but um, if on the second sentence, so his family uh, clinic opened for over 25, 24 years, 
Um, and then on the bottom it says, understand how you can gain some relief in sciatica with two easy and practical steps. And then there's a get the sciatica relief button. And then it directly okay. goes to a lead page or a landing page um, for people to enter their email and actually get the the cheat sheet. Yeah. So that was something that we did today or I got done today. Um, Well done. Now, I know you just released that today. Has anybody clicked in there yet to get the link? No. So I so right now most of the marketing is from for, for the website and for this is mostly people looking on Google, finding our, the clinic through Google, and then cl- clicking on the website through Google. Um, so whoever lands on this and clicks on it, um, th- that's usually more organic and it's a little harder to lead uh, to, to yeah. get people to, to click on it. Um, so the plan next week is to, I guess, set up a plan or, or set up something um, tangible. So maybe like have, have an ad out or put it, um, send out this to, I would say, find a way to get people to, to go to this free cheat sheet, um, either through an ad, either through some sort of promotion um, and figure that out again, because that's something that I used to do. And I, I found value in that. There were a lot of customers that came into that, but um, suddenly I just stopped because it felt like I was putting in money and nothing was coming back in, out. But in reality, it did. Um, but it was just harder to track because I didn't have anything specific to, to know if, if people were coming in. Um, does that make sense? So, so I, didn't, like, I didn't have a system of people came in because of this. Now, with the sciatica release cheat sheet, if they bring at the end, if they read it all and they have it and they get some value and they read it to the end, um, it says if you bring in the cheat sheet, you get a $5 discount on your first visit. Um, so that way, if somebody brings it in, I can track specifically what is the return for how much I'm paying um, for it per ad. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if, if it costs uh, $100 to bring in one patient, um, I know that that's that's the usual re- return on investment per for how much I'm spending. So that is the plan for for moving forward, either next week, or yes, probably next week. Bob, we know that with accountability, we don't do great for next week. So like, or not next week. I mean, the word probably. Um, first of all, I like I like what you did a lot. I like how it's you know. Making simple little action steps every every day, every week, um, getting things done, especially when you're busy with clinic, especially when you're busy putting your house out of fire. Um, yeah, that, that takes it takes it some time, my dude. That's that's for sure. I think I think the fire in the house really threw me off. Uh, I wasn't expecting that for sure. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something, Bob. It would uh, that would throw me off big time too. <laughs> I think that would throw everybody off. Um, but again, with the, I'm going to be honest with you, Nick, if, um, this accountability, accountability didn't occur, like the podcast didn't occur, none of this would ever happen. Um, and the podcast is still coming out. They're still coming up slowly. Um, we're on, uh, around January episodes right now. So soon in a couple of days, it'll be up to date to the March episodes. I gotta um, say, the people who have been following this for a long time, it's gotta be kind of, gotta be kind of crazy uh, having them, you know, 
follow all this and the whirlwind episodes that are coming out right now, they're like, oh my gosh, what's happening with these guys? Yeah, um, the funny thing is actually people are still consistently listening. Um, there are consistently still 20 to 30 plays per episode, um, sometimes more per episode, depending on what the title of the episode is. Um, so, so, so far, it's it's been very good. I mean, 20 to 30, it may not seem like a lot of plays, a lot of listens, but I'm still grateful for anybody that takes their time out of their day to, to listen to what we got to talk about. Um, to talk about my house burning down, to talk about you going to your residencies um, and, and starting your careers together. Um, and, and I think that's that's uh, something to be grateful for. Absolutely, my dude. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, also, that's pretty much what I wanted to, to, to really get through and talk about. What do you want to talk What's on your mind, Nick? Do you have anything looming on your mind that you want to talk about? Anything you felt like you learned recently in your residency? Um, anything you felt like you learned in your clinic um, that you think would be nuggets of knowledge to share? Um, anything sure. like PT-wise, life-wise, uh, residency-wise? Actually, I do have a question before you go to, to your statement. Sorry, I'm very interrupting. I'm interrupting you a lot today, Nick. Um, I apologize. <laughs> well, for, for well let's, let's be honest, Bob. I think you're just uh, getting revenge from some past things as well. I, I think I'm trying to get over my house almost burning down. I think <laughs> I think that's, that's what that is. That's what um, So, so a, a question I do have for you, um, I don't think I asked you this question before, but now that you're around one or two weeks in, and, and I probably already know your answer, but um, if somebody's on the fence about doing a residency for physical therapy, um, like right out of physical therapy school, what would you say to them? I'm not going to give you my answer first. I'm going to give you the answer of a former student who is currently, again, still in school, on the perfect edge of contemplating this or not. I'm going to give you the answer of a third-year student that is at a clinical um, in Kaiser right now that's had the chance to interact with that another resident asked him specifically, Hey, are you considering residency for yourself? What his answer was that he said, because again, he's even the one more pertinent for this because he's living the decision right now. I've already made my decision. He said, after after seeing the caliber clinician here, after seeing the commitment, the care they provide to people, after seeing this stark difference between their caliber, what they do, versus so many other therapists out there, and just the stark difference, the intentionality, um, the results they get. He said that if he is truly invested in being a good clinician, he didn't even say great, but a good clinician, it it doesn't make sense not to do it. Um, that's not even him saying gung-ho, like, yeah, I'm all for it, but he's just like, hey, if I'm invested, if I value this, if I value myself in having a, a great career ahead of me, especially in this specific area of PT, it's hard for him and not to do that, not to get that kind of high-level training. And I think a lot of it comes down to, Bob, is whenever you're facing a decision, you want to do at the time what is going to guarantee, or not guarantee, because you can never guarantee anything, but to best ensure that we don't have any regrets, that we don't live a life with any regrets at all. And that's where we want to have benefit from. Wow. That's a, that's a great answer from... What is this, the third-year student? Third-year student's the same position you're in, my friend. Okay. Wow. Okay. 
I like that answer. What, what about your answer, Nick? My answer. This is based on my biases, my personal experience. Um, myself looking into other residencies, talking to other residents. I think that for many of us, where we go to physical therapy school, we envision ourselves getting to be by the time we graduate. I think where we envision ourselves trying to be isn't where we end up when we graduate. And I've, I did a ton of stuff in my career. But I think where we end up is where we finally get to that point is after a residency program, is after some kind of experiential, intentional training for ourselves and going after that. Now, I've had people, one or two people have said to me, dude, don't go to residency. It's a waste of your time. Your kind of your skill level at baselines above where all these other therapists are, whatever. And they said, hey, you should just go right to fellowship. And in my mind, that is such a shallow mentality. And it's so shallow because, well, it's how you go to fellowship, right? So, but why would I trade up more experience, more mentorship, more um, beneficial learning? Why can't I just go into a residency and have that support and treat it like a fellowship? Treat it like just let me get to the badass next level I can get to. Why wouldn't I treat myself and get myself to that next level? And I, I can't come up with a good reason why I wouldn't. And so for me, as I think about should I do residency or not, number one, are you... Are you investing in yourself as a clinician? Some people, for no better or no worse, they want to be in a certain area because of, you know, um, different family or different events. They like the vibe. Um, some people just really, really want to be around a different culture. And some people, you know, the PT, the jobs are secondary things, and that's totally fine. I get that. I respect it. So first of all, you've got to answer yourself, do you want to get better? Because I don't think that's a given in our world. And certainly there is physical evidence by people's practice of that, that they don't always want to get better. But if you want to get better, and if you actually care about it and you have a standard you want to hold yourself to, then I think you have to ask yourself, do you want to waste time? And if the answer to that is no, then to the answer of should you do a residency program or not in a specific area you're interested in, my best answer is going to be a question. It's going to be a question that was given to me my senior year of high school by my English professor in the boarding school I was in. And he basically said that you, all don't, you don't have to be here. This is not a something that's given. This is an opportunity. And so I want you to tell me, is, if, is there a better place, a better opportunity you could be right now? And if not, if there is, then great, Joe, I'm happy for you. I love it. But if there isn't, if there isn't something that's better, that's more desirable, that's going to help you grow more, then shut up. Stop complaining. Do we need you to take care of yourself? Actually have ownership over your life and pursue the best that you can. I don't mean that in a grudging way or like, oh, this is freaking hard work all the time, but I mean that in a way of rise to the challenge, have fun, and see how good you're able to be. So if you want to get better, number one, the first question. Number two question is, do you want to do you want to procrastinate? Do you want to wait? If you don't want to wait, and if you don't have a better opportunity ahead of you for that growth that you want for yourself that you don't want to wait for, in my mind, that's your answer, Bob. Like I, we've done this podcast for about a year, a year and a half, and I, I heard a lot of why things from you, Nick. 
And I think this was the probably one of the most wisest and yeah, probably the most wisest thing or, or the greatest thing I, I liked from you that that I heard. Um, because Is that why my friend told me a smartass? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, Bob. Go ahead. Well, well, like it. it like I mean, obviously, all the other answers you've given, all the other statements you've given. Are, are like true to your heart, but also this one seems like it's the most closest to your values, your beliefs, um, everything that you stand for. Um, and and I and I like to thank you just just for sharing that, just just in general, because that was just a question that just came off of a whim. But that was such a powerful answer, and I mean I, I would just go back and then just listen to that one more time because what you said uh, of that thing of. Um, for a residency, for example, um, you don't have to be there. This is an opportunity. And then that was like, I think something like in your high school, you said, it was like a high school thing that your your uh, teacher said to you um, that you don't have to be here. This is an opportunity. And if um, you're not going to do your best in the opportunity, just, just stop. Is, is that basically what the, the subject was? Can you repeat yeah, the last it part? Was, it was a statement of you questioning your of having a question for your intent, of having a question for, you know, hey, what can we, what can we do with this? Um, and for me, it's, it's kind of a check-in of where's your investment? Where are you right now? Where's your emotional state? And of saying, hey, and having a pure message of we're not forcing you to be here. There's, we don't even need you to be here. If you want to be here, if you're going to take advantage of the opportunity, that's awesome. We'll support you. But if you have something that you even, not that is better for yourself, but that you think is better for yourself, great, go do that. But stop half-assing life and stop being halfway in between. Stop being at work and thinking about vacation. Stop being about in vacation and thinking about work. Wow. Wow. That, that's all I can say. That's the golden nugget of the month. Um, wow, and it's early, early in the month, too. That's a compliment, my friend. It is. Yeah, this is March 4th. So I believe that is the, the golden nugget of the month. Unless you say something that just blows my mind next next week. <laughs> um, which you probably are. But thank thank you for sharing that, Nick. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Is there Absolutely anything else you want to further add to that? Uh just no, while we're on, on this. No, my friend. I think uh this was a bit of a little bit of a uh, a unique episode in terms of it was a little bit scatterbrained, but it was also an example and a reflection of, dude, this is real life, and it's just two real people having real conversations. And like you said, there's kind of a lot of um, wisdom in what both of us were saying, and that that is not wisdom that's just inherent or we're innately um, more spiritual or anything. That's This is a practice of the conversations we've been having, and we've had this podcast for just over just about a year and a half. Um, and, you know, this podcast started because of the conversations we already having. So we said, hey, there's something about this. Something about this we want to capture. Something about this we want to share with others. And so it's all about the practice. It's all about the action steps that we hold ourselves to. I was listening to um, a sports psychologist recently, and he was talking about the idea that there really is such an illusion of choice. Because when we do hold a standard for ourselves, there are prerequisites of what we have to do to achieve that standard. So we can choose whether to do that or not. We can choose whether to uphold it. But once we hold a standard, there really aren't that many choices. It's in, to a certain extent, you know what you need to do to hold that standard. 
where you learn from somebody who does, then you go do it. At the end of the day, it's really that simple. You do it or you don't, and you're better off to do it. And if you hold yourself to that standard, you're going to do it. And, you know, it's, you can't half-ass that. Maybe you do or you don't. And it's so much about action. It's so much about performance and just getting out there and making it happen. So, um, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to make a statement. Maybe, maybe we could talk about it and see, like, what your thoughts about it. Because there's, like, so much of a gray zone of, like, um, you, you either do this or you do, don't do it. Um, and there's, like, a gray zone of, like, oh, maybe I did it, maybe I don't did it. I don't do it. But it's, like, in order to, like, achieve your goals, it's, like, it's much more black and white of, like, like you said, you either do it or you don't do it. And whatever your action steps are, that, that gray zone is is it's counterproductive. Would you agree? I would say, yeah. Yeah, I would say most of all, I think the gray zone as it's only as productive as it is to lead you out of it. And there are some thought patterns and some pondering that it's important to do and forward to get yourself in the practice of getting out of that so you can in the future when things get really crazy. But I think staying in there, stagnating in there, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a, a great place to end this episode, Nick. Absolutely, Bob. So, Bob, for, for all the listeners out there, and more importantly, for each of us, because we are selfishness accountability. We're doing this for us and wanting to share this and spread it so many other people can go after their own mission. What's the accountability that you would like to have? For so, I'd like to have a plan. Um, by On Saturday, I'll have a plan set out um, for my Facebook advertising for Saturday. Sunday, I'll have the whole thing um, rock and rolling, going, seeing how, how many people buy or testing some ads out. Um, spend, I would say, $20. Just test it out, see how it goes. And Wednesday, I'll report back to you. So very tangible, actionable steps. Um, so Saturday, write out a concrete plan of, like, what the Facebook ad is going to be. Sunday, post the ad. Wednesday, check in with you. Spend at least $20. So at least one or two ads. I like it. I like it a lot, Bob. So that's the plan. That's what's going to happen. Um, and I'll get back ooh, to you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Bob, you need to say that in your life more often. We all need to say that in our life more often. That's the plan. That's what's going to happen. Those are that's powerful cool. words right there. That is a power. That is a powerful statement. Um, that's the plan, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I like it. It's this black and white. It's not you're not in the gray when you set a plan. You're doing it or you're not doing it, and that's what this podcast is about. All right, Nick. I feel like this is perfect for where we want to end. Um, yeah, I'll see you next. Yep. All right. Take it easy, Nick. Bye-bye.